wonderful to have all of you here joining us again tonight. You know, I love experiments, don't you? I mean, good experiments, like, you know, if I put rubber cement on my tires, will I get better traction? You know, that kind of experiment. <laughs> Not bad experiments, like, you know, is this mushroom edible? You know, <laughs> you know, all mushrooms are actually edible, just some are only edible once, so that's kind of the problem. So, you don't want to just try that. All right, it's time to get over to Dr. John with the Technology Spotlight. Imagine if you could fit all of the internet, all of the data in the internet, in one little shoebox. That would be really amazing, wouldn't it? And it would take a totally different kind of data storage. And that is the kind of thing that researchers are working on by storing data in DNA. Remember, DNA is what stores all the data about what color your hair is and how tall you're going to be and stuff like that. And so that's all information, that's all data. Well, what if we could put whatever data we wanted, like digital data from a photograph that we took or something like that, into DNA? Well, some researchers at the University of Texas have been working on this, and they have successfully encoded the whole Wizard of Oz novel into DNA. <laughs> if data could talk, I can imagine one bit saying to the other, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, right? <laughs> no, data can't talk, but uh, it's pretty amazing to think about it. Um, the way that DNA is formed is really different than the type of data that we usually work with in computers. We have these different base pairs. You know, we, we call them uh, A, G, T, and C, something like that, you know, the, the base pairs, and certain combinations can connect with each other, and certain combinations can't. And so uh, if you have two that go together, then uh, they can form one of the little links. You could call it one of the little steps in the ladder, right, in that helix molecule. And so by having different combinations, you can make different data. And so each line is encoding roughly two bits of data in that DNA. And remember, DNA is teensy, tiny, tiny, and so you could fit a lot of it in a really small amount of space. Well, people have been working on storing data in DNA for quite a while, but one of the big problems has been data corruption. And let me show you an example to show you what I mean. Uh, here we have a word, world, right? And uh, let's pretend that this word had data corruption maybe one letter was missing. Now, we still have word, only now it is word instead of world, right? Can you imagine you send the message, you're my best friend in the whole word. <laughs> it just doesn't quite make sense. And yet, we can't tell that there's a problem because it's still a word. See, it's a little bit uh, of an issue here. Now, here's another example. We still have word, and we'll change one more. Maybe we'll add just one letter, change nothing else. You're my best friend in the whole sword. <laughs> it completely changes the meaning. And so this is a pretty big problem. If you encode a message in DNA and then read it back and it says something totally different, you can't even tell, then we got major problems. Now, uh, people have been working with data corruption 
for quite a while. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about a coding system called Reed Solomon. And if you look at this picture, on one side, that's what it would look like without any error correction. You can see how they took the picture and they garbled some of it. And then the other side is the same amount of errors, but with the Reed Solomon error correction. And so you have to write a little bit more data, but the end result is that even if you have some errors, you get the, the good result back. Now, another way we could do this is send a whole bunch of copies or send the word over and over and over again, but that's a lot of data, isn't it? And then we would compare and see which word was most common. Uh, but this uh, algorithm makes it so we can store more data with uh, less extra data like that and um, more accurately. Uh, there's another place where we use error correction, and that's in CD-ROMs. Have you ever looked at your CD-ROM and seen little scratches like this? And then you put it in and it plays just fine? Well, it's not because the laser can see through the scratches usually. Remember how we bounce a laser off to get the data? Well, they actually have built into the data encoding on the CD a bunch of error correction. And you'll notice if the scratch is going from the inside to the outside, then you corrupt some of the data in the middle, but if you scratch around in a circle, then you get rid of so much data that it can't use the error correction and the data's lost, and then the song skips or you know the computer gives you an error message or <laughs> whatever. And so uh, uh, error correction is something that's already around us a lot, but it's a lot different when you try to apply it to DNA because you have all these little pieces of DNA and um, the same algorithms don't work. So uh, these researchers at the University of Texas came up with a new error code or error correction algorithm where they assign different pieces of DNA tags and they line them up and uh, they're able to do error correction that works much better so we can store lots of data. Here's a diagram, there's kind of a lot going on but uh, up in the corner, in A, they're showing the probability of different types of errors, like a 17% chance that there's gonna be a pair insertion, and then a 40% chance that there's gonna be a pair deletion, and then 43% that it's gonna be a subtraction. And I should back up and say that's uh, out of any error, and they can get up to 10% error rate when they're storing DNA right now, which isn't very good from computer standards at all, but uh, still, it's way more information per the volume. So uh, in the current methods, they have to read the same thing over and over and over again, and then use the error correction of all those together to figure out what the real data is. But with their new system, which they call HEDGES, which is a really long acronym, <laughs> uh, in their new system, because of their encoding system, they just read it one time, and it's about twice as long as the actual data, and they can figure out the actual value. And so this is a much uh, more efficient way for encoding DNA data. Now there's still a lot that needs to happen before we'll all be storing all of our files on DNA. Uh, it's still pretty expensive to take the data. They, of course, can figure out the sequence that they want to write, but then it's still pretty expensive to make a DNA strand with that sequence. One of the amazing things about DNA is that it's pretty easy to duplicate <clears throat> it once you have it made but it's, it's still a process that's coming. And then reading it back's a little bit slow too. But if you think about it, it's a media that's probably not gonna change for a really long time. You know, when I was a kid, 
we used to do um, cassette tapes or VHS tapes, you know. Maybe some of you still have those, but they've been kind of disappearing. And if you have one, sometimes it's pretty hard to play. Or what about my floppy disk that I used to have? I can't hardly find a computer to plug that into. And uh, that's the way that data media is. It keeps changing. But DNA is something that we use as people. So it's pretty likely to be around for a while. And so the chances of being able to read it in 100 years or 1,000 years, did you know DNA can last for thousands of years? The chances of being able to read it are actually better than some other medias. So um, we use DNA a lot now. Maybe we'll use it even more later. Just got to keep following the yellow brick road. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the tech we have the time for. Thank you. <laughs> Now it's time for Breakthroughs in Science with Tobias. You know, we're basically, I mean, if you really want to look at it truthfully, we're basically like kings and queens today. Yeah. So you're like, I don't recall anyone this morning referring to me as majesty. <laughs> but no, today we have so many things in the modern world that really you could only dream of having something near that if you were royal. You know, if you were hot on a hot day and you wanted to cool down, you could. Bernard, cool me down. Yes, your majesty. You know, you could, if you wanted to travel, you could afford the fancy horse or the henchman that would pick you up and carry you in your little private box, you know, anywhere you wanted. Today, if we want to travel, we can jump in these huge planes and go around the world, and we still act like royalty on those planes. <laughs> these peanuts are stale. <laughs> but all of this through machinery, technology, engineering, and all of a sudden, things that even the royal people of the past could only dream of have become commonplace in today's world, which is pretty incredible. And one of the big breakthroughs of that was something called STEAM. Yes, I did do that extended S intentionally, STEAM. It's probably the way they say it in France. <laughs> Would you like some STEAM on your coffee? <laughs> in China? STEAM! <laughs> no. <laughs> but if, if you have STEAM coming off your hot coffee, or was hot coffee, can you see this? Well, of course you can't, because there's nothing in here. <laughs> Some people in the back, oh, I can see it. <laughs> That's because NASA is smoking awesome. So, okay. But steam, steam, the same stuff that comes off your coffee, how could that change the world? How could that power the world? Well, it turns out, of course, steam, what is steam? It's the, the changing of water from that liquid form into the gas form. When you're boiling water and you see the steam coming off, that's what's going on. And when water changes from water, liquid, to steam, it needs a lot more room. It expands. And so if you can capture that steam and the pressure, what could you do with it? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, and specifically in the realm of travel. Now, we're talking about somebody named uh, Robert Fulton, and he lived in the United States in the late 1700s, and he was not a scientist. He was an artist. In fact, he was so good as a, a young man that a lot of his friends told him, you should go over to Europe, because that's the place where the art is happening, and you should like learn how to do this professionally. So eventually, he does go to London, and he starts learning 
how to do art. And he actually makes kind of a meager living, but a living off of selling art. Well, while he's over there, he sees a new invention. And this is uh, in the late 1700s. And it's a boat that's powered by steam. Now, how do you take a boat? Now, how do we you know, get boats to move on the river? Well, you need a paddle, right? So apparently there was a scientist dreaming up, how could I make this work without me having to do the work? And he figured out a way to make a steam machine that would use that pressure of steam shooting to move that paddle. And it literally was move that paddle. Here's a, a drawing of the John Fitch steam paddle uh, boat. It was literally a paddle boat. Um, and those paddles would go forward and back to try to move the water. And needless to say, it didn't work very well. Um, so forward and back like this. And th the moment Robert saw this, he immediately started thinking, wow, this could be so much better if there was a more efficient way to paddle that water. And he was a, a visual thinker and thought, what if you made a wheel of paddles instead of these rows of paddles that went forward and back because it was, it was pretty clumsy the way it would try to move through the water. It wasn't a success. So he started dreaming up this idea. And he would eventually take this, back, this idea back to the states. And of course, the rivers in the United States at the time, in the early 1800s, was a way of getting your goods shipped. So if you're a farmer and you're up kind of in the, the northern part of America by the river, you get on one of these rafts and you load it up with barrels or pigs or whatever you want to sell, uh, as full as you can get it, and then you get on the river and you go down, down, down to somewhere like New Orleans or one of those southern cities and you sell your goods. Now, and you could, you'd sell the raft for like cheap, cheap lumber because there's no way you're taking that raft back up because you came down river with it, but getting back up is another story. So you pretty much come down, sell the stuff, and then you hike back up the hundreds of miles home. And it was a slow process. It was a limited process and a one-way process. So something that could be powered had some real promise if you could figure out how to do it. So Robert starts looking at this, and he starts trying to come up with a way. First, he invents a paddle wheel with paddles and the wheel spinning. But how are you going to get a wheel spinning from this motion? You know, our hands and our arms, we, we can do a lot. We can go forward and make the face, too. Um, we can also come back, so forward and back. Steam just goes everywhere. So if you control it and you pressurize it, pressurize it and let it out, it'll shoot out, but it doesn't pull back. It just shoots. So the first thing was to figure out a way to make it so it could push one direction and another direction. And then also how to make this, this movement forward and back convert it into something that would spin. And so he looked at that, and there were actually other renditions of a steam machine already. And basically the way it worked was they had a, a system that the steam would go through before it went into this piston area. So if the steam comes in from here and pushes it that way, once the piston has been pushed that way, the part that the steam would go through would switch, and the opening would change from here to here, and now the steam gets pushed in through here. So it's kind of like, ch, 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 You know it's coming. But that's, that's the general idea. So it goes this way, and then the, the opening changes, and it goes this way. So now we have steam pushing this piston forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. 
And then they needed to convert that movement into something that could spin the wheel. So here's a little uh, animation of basically there's the piston going forward and back and there's something similar to what Robert used which would spin a wheel. And so the wheel could then hook up to that mechanism and start spinning around that center rod. Okay, now it didn't look just like that, but that is the basic idea that they used. So he has this wheel. In fact, he puts a wheel on either side of the boat. And a lot of people say, you're crazy, this is not going to work. In fact, he goes to New York and says, hey, can I get a special license where you say that only my company can run boats up and down the, the, the main river at these speeds, above this speed. And it was like, nobody's ever gone that speed. And like, okay, <laughs> it's like, sure, <laughs> you can have the license to Jupiter. Um, they didn't really think it was gonna happen. And so then he got that license and it was a special monopoly license for 20 years. And he ran the test and people came out to watch and there started to be this billowing smoke coming out of the top of this boat. They thought the boat was gonna burn up and go down. Well, that's the boiler where he's heating the water to make that steam. The steam starts pressurizing and it starts shh, 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 shh. Well, first they ran into some kinks and the boat didn't really go. And then it took about a half an hour and they got it working and it started to go. And it went faster than the other boats that people were rowing, obviously. And it, past the speed that he got licensed for. And all of a sudden there was a fast ship. So here's a, a painting of the boat going down the river. And it was something no one had ever seen before. Um, a ship that could go, it, it, you could travel about 50 miles upriver in one day, which was unheard of. And that's upriver. It's pretty amazing. So now why, you know, why is this a big deal? Obviously now trade and commerce in America would explode in ways it had never been before. But as they say, the world shrunk because all of a sudden travel was different than ever before. And it was kind of like this, then the train, and then of course airplanes and all that cool stuff. So taking science and engineering, figuring out a way to make machines do something in such an efficient way that Look out, kings and queens, because today we live in amazing luxury. It's pretty amazing. So next time you're working hard and you need a little, you know, lifter up or just remember, you got the steam. So choo-choo. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And now introducing Roger Billings. It's good to have Dr. Paget here tonight, isn't yeah, it? It is. We'd like to welcome you and everybody else. It's wonderful to have you here on a special night. So we learned about steam and we learned about DNA. Okay, you know, uh, DNA, uh, it, de it determines whether or not you're going to have blue eyes, black hair, whatever 
I just do that with my cell phone and a selfie. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was growing up, uh, one day my dad came home from work and he said, okay, everybody, you gotta come and see this. So we went in and gathered around and he opened this big box and he pulled out a recording machine. I'd never seen a recording machine before. And he says, okay, we're gonna give everybody a chance to you know, record something. And so he set up this machine and it didn't have a cassette tape and it didn't have an iPhone in it. In it. It was actually a little spool with a thread on it, a wire. And he put it on the machine and he wrapped this wire through to the other reel, turned it on, and, and the wheels turned and the wire went from one to the other. And I got my turn on the microphone and I actually sang a little song. You know, I wasn't very old. But it's, it was such a big deal. You can record on a wire. And then it became a tape, and then it became a cassette, and then it became an A-track, and then it became all these different things. And, and now, I mean, the iPod, iPad, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> it just keeps going, 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 going. And I think it's, I think it's really exciting, isn't it? Uh, well, tonight, we're going to do something exciting of our own. Do you remember last, last week we talked about we need some new T-shirts? And we want some entrepreneurs to invent some new T-shirts. And we, we said, we, we even brought up Mr. David. And uh, he, he told us that he would be willing to make two T-shirts that you design. And I hope some of you took that serious and so you made your designs. And I know you did because we had a whole bunch of designs. And thank you, everybody that sent them. Everybody deserves a prize. Remember, the prize is... We're going to make your t-shirt, and we're going to send you one, if you happen to be one of the two winners. Now, tonight, I have all the finalist entries. And, uh, okay, remember I told you, you don't have to have fancy artwork. You just kind of sketch it up, and then if we decide to use yours, we'll get our professional artist to draw it up all fancy, and we'll put your name in little print down the bottom as the designer of the t-shirt. So I want everybody tonight to help me choose the winner out of the finalists. There'll be two winners, so you get to vote twice. I'm not going to ask anybody to vote until you see all of the different designs. And then I'll go back through them one more time real fast. The way you vote is you just send in a message, and the message will have two numbers. And the two numbers, of course, will be the two you vote for. Unless you're not very good at this, then just put any numbers. Okay. <laughs> That'd be good. And all you guys that haven't been here tonight, you can vote too. We'll let you kind of do the old-fashioned raise your hand. Or you can message us if you'd like to. Okay, are you ready? The Acellus T-shirt contest of 2020. Here comes entry... Number one, can you see it? Entry number one, hope you can see it. Aliens are awesome. I like that one. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind. If you, if you find one you really like, then you gotta try and remember it for when we vote. Here's entry number two. 
And this one, a little hard to read, this is my human disguise. I am really an alien. <laughs> so we we kind of have kind. an alien thing going tonight. <laughs> I'm really feeling yeah. it. <laughs> so why do you think so many of them are feeling aliens tonight? I hope it's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Okay, here's a good one. This one is Acellus History 2020. Fun. And this even got artwork with it. Can you see that? Oops. I need to have this a little higher, don't I? Oh, time out. Refocus. Focus. Okay. Now let's see what we got. There you can see it better. Mm -hmm. That one's so tall. So that's number three. Acellus History 2020. Number four. Science. That's fun. Yeah, that is kind of fun. We could doctor that one up, couldn't mm -hmm. we? A little bit. Okay. Now, whoops. Time out. Time out. Here we go. This one is number five, and it's called STEM, STEM Science. Can you see that? STEM Science. A little hard to see some of these You're through the. Though. But hopefully you can. If I can get a little closer, there you can see it. Yeah, there are some stems there. Okay. Here's one. STEM. Keep coding. Fun. Maybe we get this one down a little bit more. Okay, you see that? Keep coding STEM. All right, that looks pretty good, doesn't it? Some of these guys are pretty good artists. They are. Whoa! <laughs> Someone's really an artist. Yeah. This, in case you can't see, is number seven, and uh, it says a pet. <laughs> Halion. Hey. <laughs> I love it. Okay, look. Now look. See, this has got a butterfly. Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat. That's clever. It's pretty uh, too. It's, it's kind of pretty, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We could do a close-up maybe of the eye. Should we try that? Mm. Okay, that's good. Hope everybody got to see that. Okay, okay this one says, this number eight, go coders. And let's zoom in on this little guy. Okay, go coders. Yeah, that one is great. Oh. Then there's this one. Number nine says, knowledge is power. Our billings. Ooh. Original artwork. I like it. And look at all the things that are there. Woo, the cellus cube, the computer, hydrogen cars. Someone's put a lot of time on this one. And what? And another invention. Oh, this is a very demanding one, isn't it? Okay, that's number nine. For number ten, okay, okay, this one says... We'll zoom in on it here. Oh, says, wow. what does it say up there? Human on the Human outside. on the outside. <laughs> alien on the inside. Dynamite. This is number 10. Um, is Peugeot an alien? Well, that's kind of the thing tonight, isn't it? I thought this was the Tobias show. No. Well, it is. It's actually your, your show. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm in charge. Okay, this one is Acellus Science. Oh, there it is. Acellus Science. This is number 11. You see that? It is. Yeah, you get to choose two. 
So scale it down. A cell assigned. Let's look at this one more time. I don't think everybody got through saying this. Okay, number 11. A cell science. Boy. Move the show along. Okay, this one is Talk Science Live. Oh, and look. There are two robots here. Can you see them both? Okay, okay. Hmm. No, I've never. <laughs> you want to trade robots? <laughs> that is clever. That is really I've never clever. I was a robot. Okay, let's look at this one more time. Today. Guys, this is number 12, Talk Science Live. Okay. And you got to think about these like, you know, maybe someday you'll have one of these because the winners we're going to put in the Acela store. And uh, I got a message. Remember when we talked about the gold coins you can earn by studying hard? Mm -hmm. I got a message that says, I really hope you get this going before I graduate. <laughs> <laughs> we need to check and see what grade that person is. I think they're sincere. <laughs> but you know what? We're working hard on it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about new things a little bit later. Okay, here's number 13. Number 13, it says, Acellus Tobler. Oh, look at that. Can you see? I, I love, love cowboys. Cowboys. Okay, I think this is a horse and Tobler, and this is number 13. Mm -hmm. I think they want more Tobler. What's that? I think they want more Tobler. More Tobler. Mm -hmm. More Tobler's coming, actually. Yeah. We're pretty close on the Tobler app. Some of you want the Tobler stories, the mm -hmm. Tobler book, and we've been working hard on that. We're getting the book printed. It's all illustrated. The wow. guys here did an amazing job making Beak. <laughs> Beak, yeah, all right. I know this one's wild. This is number 14, and it says you can. See that? You can. That's clever. See, it's a basket, and if you zoom way up, you can see uh -huh. these are robotic basketball players. You can. And the little one can do it. And I assume it's a one. it must mean something like you can dunk it. You can or make it. Or you can make it. You can do okay. it. Check out the eyes on this little guy right here. Aren't those something? I think this actually mm -hmm. comes from something you said in What did I say? About believing you can and making it happen. So now this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right, and here's the last one. Just barely made it. I had to put a temporary 15 on it. This is uh, entry number 15. And look, this is another Celis Tobler. Uh -huh. Can you see there? And I think that's a building. Is that a building? Uh-huh. It's a building. And then down here it says, build the future. Fun. And that's exactly what we're going to do, isn't it? Okay. So now you've seen all 15. This is the part where you kind of shake your head and, and make a choice. You have, uh, what, 10 chicks to figure out, or ticks? to figure out which one you're gonna vote for. Okay, so now we're going into the voting phase. You wanna pick out the number of your first top two choices. And then you wanna message them in, and I've got people standing by to count. It's getting a little harder, so we're kinda of using some technology here. <coughs> Robotic Thomas. Um, how many? How many views did we have last week? We have quite a few. Fifty. So we we might need to 
tabulate this. So you get two votes. I'm going to go through them real quick so you remember which ones you like. Pick out the numbers, text them in, and you can just say anything you want. I like t-shirt number whatever, whatever number. And then those two t-shirts will actually be made. Okay? Yeah, uh, well, we've got this special little thing to show you while we're tabulating the counts. We're going to try and give you an answer tonight. Okay, here we go. So, number one. Do you remember this one? Aliens are awesome. This is number one. By the way, we should zoom in on that. I think that's an eye. It's an eye with a flying saucer. That's a flying saucer? Yeah. How do you know that? It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh -huh. Okay, number two. Number two says, this is my human disguise. I'm really an alien. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You recognize that face? No. <laughs> uh -huh. Number three is Acellus History. Remember this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. History 2020. I know a teacher would love one of those. Number four is Science. The Final Frontier. There you go. I want to zoom in on the science. It's actually pretty neat if you look at it, it close. It is. It's really neat. Someone's actually put all work on these. I wonder how many didn't get mailed in because they, you know, they tried a bunch to get the one they liked. Well, some of them were asking, yeah, yeah if they still can do it. It's a little late to do it now mm -hmm. because we're voting. Okay, mm -hmm. number five is about stems. Remember the stems? Sell a stem. I think stems. that's kind of clever. Yes. Uh-huh. And it says what? It says technology, engineering, science, and mathematics. There you go. Number six is STEM. Keep coding. Do you remember? Okay. We got some people like that one. People coding. Then number seven. I think this one should be disqualified. No, no, it shouldn't be. No, this can't be disqualified. This is uh, the butterfly one. Peugeot, number seven, okay. Number eight, go coders. Remember this one? Go coders. Number nine, <clears throat> knowledge is power. Ooh. Future inventions coming right out of the t-shirt. Do you think we could make it so that as new inventions come out, the shirt changes? That would be fun. That'd Some be... DNA programming or something? Mm. Yeah. Okay, number 10 is Peugeot, an alien. <laughs> on the outside, alien on the inside. Human on the outside, mm -hmm. alien on the inside. Mm -hmm. There it is. That's, That's number 10. Number 11, <whistles> Acela Science. Do you remember that one? That would turn out really nice. Another one, number 12, Talk Science Live. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. I'm smiling. 
big it's, smile. It's a big <laughs> smile, isn't it? Number 13 is the Tobler Cowboy entry. I love cowboys. Yep. Number 13. Number 14, you can. Remember, you can? Mm -hmm. This is the basketball one, right? And the last one, number 15, this one says, Celeste Tobler, build the future. Okay? So, that's all of the entries, numbers 1 through 15. If you want to, you can vote for 2. And then we will find the winner. Now, while you're waiting for all of that, I'm going to give you just another minute to type. Just have to put numbers in. Send, send, send. If you don't know how to send them in, then we're going to have to work on that. Okay, <laughs> while we're waiting for these all to be tabulated, Mr. David from the Acela store has something to show us tonight. Come on up here. Yeah, when he came in walking this, uh, wearing this, I knew he thought he was yeah. going to get more time on camera tonight. <laughs> you can stand right here. Turn around. Over there. There he is. So, you want to just go to the bike and tell him what you're featuring tonight? <laughs> yeah, so this is our Acellus Stem 1 shirt available in the Acellus store. Can we zoom in so we can kind of see it? Maybe. There you go. There you go. Stem. What's the number on this one? 16? No. Okay. Um, so we do have a summer discount. Um, using the code STEM2020, then you can get 50% off the STEM shirts. <laughs> this is getting to be pretty aggressive, isn't it? Okay. Good. So uh, have you voted on a t-shirt yet? I like number 9 and number 11. And you're just going to publish your vote? <laughs> Not like secret ballot or anything? Number nine, let's see. He likes number nine. He liked this one. Uh -huh. This handsome Robert Redford, John Wayne thing here. And he also liked number 11. Let's see. I think with your clock, you should just get to decide. Right? <laughs> number 11. Oh, he likes the science. He liked that one. Okay, well, you don't have to tell us which ones you like. <laughs> and Dr. Peget, you don't have to tell us either. Unless you want to. She probably likes these alien ones. I <laughs> That's do. my guess. I like all of them. Okay, is there just one more chance? If they want to get the discount, does it only work on T-shirts? Um, we could have it do it for the robots as well. Oh. <laughs> Why not do the robots too? How many want to do the robots too? Ah, T-shirts and robots. Yeah. All right. So now how do we get it? How do we get the discount? So, yeah, if you just go in and add the products to your cart, and then on checkout you would type STEM 2020, and then it should apply the 50% discount. Good. I will tell you a secret. <clears throat> yeah. If you need a robot, this is a good deal to get it for half price, but you might want to wait a little bit because I'm working on bringing the cost of the robots way down. Of course, you can get your gold coins, too. But uh, if, you, if you need one now, that's a pretty good deal. But I think they're going to be a lot less. At least that's what I'm trying to do. So you might want to hold up on the robots a bit. Yeah. Okay? Okay. 
All right, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Now, while they're still back there doing the heavy math and trying to figure this out, I've got some other news today. So this morning, I believe it was just this morning, the uh, new uh, spelling drill was published on the Cellus. And I don't know how many of you have bumped into it yet. If you happen to be in one of the classes that has the spelling drill, you get to see this brand new fancy one. And in the new one, you get to drag stuff around with your fingers and spell words. And uh, we've had a lot of really good reports on it so far. A lot of you haven't found it yet. You need to get in your English class and, and get going, especially it's in the younger classes. But it's a, a major, major step forward, and we're pretty excited about it. I hope all of you by now have seen the Writing Tutor. The Writing Tutor is, is a new feature that came out several weeks ago, but it allows you to be able to write an assignment and then have it graded right before your eyes. And Writing Tutor is creating quite a stir because the guys that did it made something that's pretty wonderful. Uh, so you do your writing assignment and then you submit it and instead of it just going away, the uh, writing tutor program analyzes your writing to see if you've made any spelling errors, any grammar errors, any mistakes. And you know, it used to be if you made mistakes, we're going to knock you down. You lose points, you lose points. You're going <laughs> to flunk this class, right? We don't like to flunk. And, and besides, how do you learn something just by making a few mistakes and then getting a low grade? So instead, when you click on Submit, what Writing Tutor does is it marks it all up for you. Did you know you misspelled this word and you misspelled that one? And there's a dictionary there. So you can take just a minute and fix all the words you misspelled and fix your grammar and do everything. And then you submit it again. And now, if you've got all the errors fixed, you're not going to get knocked down for them. Plus, we've kind of learned that when you fix your mistakes, that's how you learn. Very, very best. And learning how to write is something extremely important for everyone. You know, uh, a few years ago, uh, I had an idea on how to make a network module that would make networks faster than, than they are by not just 10 times or 100 times, but by thousands of times faster. And so I wrote up this idea, and we submitted it in a patent application. In fact, we ended up with two patents on this idea. It was a really, really, really neat idea. But in order to build it, it would take a lot of money. And you know, we're talking more than a million dollars to get it built. <clears throat> and so I decided to write a proposal. And did you hear that real important word in there? Write. <laughs> write a proposal. And so I wrote a proposal to develop a prototype of this invention. Now I've got to, I've got to pause the story for a minute there. We'll do this Toby Stalford sound effect. <laughs> and I go clear, clear, clear back to when I was in high school. And <laughs> English wasn't my favorite subject. In fact, the English language and I did not get along very good. 
I once read that quote of Mark Twain's where he said he feels sorry for anybody that only knows one way to spell a word. I knew lots of ways to spell a word. And I remember one little writing assignment I did, and my teacher went ballistic because I misspelled the same word two different ways in the same assignment. <laughs> and that's when I told her about Mark Twain. But anyway, um, <clears throat> English and I didn't get along so well. So I kind of planned it out. We had to have four English credits to graduate from high school. And so I took German in the ninth grade and English. And then in the 10th grade, I took English and stage crew, which was a speech credit. And I got to run the lights, got to open the curtains. I got a stage crew was great. So I had my English credits all done. And so then my senior year, no English for me, I'm going to graduate. And about three months into the year, I got called in the principal's office and he said, hey, why aren't you taking English? And I said, I've got all the English credits I need. And he said, no, you don't. I said, sure, I do. I got stage crew, and I took stage crew two years. <laughs> I learned a lot of English in there. He said, no, you don't. And so he made me go into English class. After the year had already started, I had to walk in the classroom. People were saying, why is he coming in three months late? <laughs> And in senior English, my teacher's idea was, we're all supposed to do a lot of writing. We're supposed to learn how to write. And that was the part of English I really didn't like. Because if you write, you got to spell, you got to use verbs, nouns, the whole thing. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> you've got to write a big research report, a big research report. And what you were supposed to do is go to the library and study any subject you wanted and write a big report about it. It would be a lot of pages, and you know, oof, this does not sound like what I'm into. And so I was working on a science fair project. So I went up and asked the teacher, would it be okay if instead of researching something in the library, if I did scientific research and reported that? And she said, well, that would be fine, as long as you write it up. I said, okay. This suddenly isn't such a bad class after all. I didn't say that, I thought it. <laughs> Inside words, you know. So I did my science project, and this was the, the science project I finished was the project on making a laser amplifier. And I thought this was a neat idea. I'd made it before for the science fair. I didn't get it done in time for the science fair my junior year, but I now had it finished, and so I wrote up a big report on it, which was fun for me. And I turned it into my teacher. And she was really a great teacher. And she went through with this red pen. I don't like red pens. <laughs> and she marked it all up and marked it all up. And as I recall, I got a B plus, which in English was really good for me. It wasn't like math and science, I'll tell you that. But uh, she gave me the paper, and I said, I looked at all those marks on there, some words misspelled, some grammar. There's a lot of stuff she didn't like. And I got so excited, I said, thank you, teacher. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. She said, what? <laughs> thank you. Because 
she had corrected the whole paper, and I was just getting ready to submit it to the Westinghouse Young <laughs> Scientist of the Year Award. And it was all fixed. <laughs> I said, Bless you, teacher. Bless you. You know, uh, and I did win that award. Uh, and I don't know if they would have got it out of what I had written in the beginning. But, you know, I didn't think it was important to know how to write. But in that contest, you needed to know how to write, and you better not make a lot of errors. And I'm really, really, really grateful to that teacher. And there was one thing I did that I'm not very proud of, so we won't go into that. Oh, I think we should. It was kind, of a, kind of a bad thing. So anyway, in another writing assignment, I was writing things up and explaining everything that I wanted to because I was now a writing student. And I turned it into her. And when she gave it back, I got an A minus, which is really good for me in English. But one of the things she marked wrong was I started a sentence with and. And she says, you cannot start a sentence with and. You can have a sentence, and then you put a, post, a comma and an and, and you can put another sentence. You can put two sentences. You can, use, you can use and, but you can't start out by saying something like, I went to school that morning, period. And I had a good day, period. And I thought to myself, well, why can't I? Why can't I do that? It, it wasn't that hard. You just capital A. <laughs> so anyway, I took my lumps. I got an A minus just because I started a sentence with and. And and's a perfectly good word as far as I'm concerned. Well, I was looking up something. And when I went to school, the internet had not been invented by Al Gore yet. <laughs> by the way, Al Gore's my friend. Uh, Al Gore and I received the 10 Outstanding Young Men of America Award together. And anyway, he invented the internet, or he's one of them. Actually, he did an awful lot to help it, uh, and I like, I like the internet. But we didn't have it, so if we wanted to find out something, we had to go get a book. And the books we go get were encyclopedias. It's like Wikipedia, but in volumes. And so I went and got a copy of one of the volumes. There's a volume for every letter of the alphabet. I got one of the volumes from a set called the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's one of the most prestigious encyclopedias that they made. And I got that set, and I was looking up something, and I was reading it. And right in the middle of that article, they started a sentence with and. <laughs> And Encyclopedia Britannica is supposed to be from London. I mean, this is the king's country. <laughs> if the king says it's all right, then the English say it's all right, then I shouldn't have got marked down. So what am I going to do? I thought, I'm going to go show this to my teacher. Uh, I don't, that's not going to be persuasive. He's going to have some excuse. So I was a writer now. <laughs> I typed up a letter. Dear editor, Encyclopedia of Britannica. I notice in the S volume of your edition, on page 352, and I don't remember the exact page, but you started a sentence with and. 
And that sets a very bad example for students because that is not correct English. <laughs> Yours truly. And I mailed it. Well, it was a few weeks. I got back a big letter email. Cyclopedia Britannica. Uh-oh. Opened it up. Dear Mr. Billings, <clears throat> thank you very much for your concern about the quality of Encyclopedia Britannica. And then they said, we're pleased to inform you that it is appropriate to start sentences with and under certain occasions and exceptions. And then it was five pages of why that's OK. <laughs> I took that to my teacher and I said, here it is. <laughs> here it is. And she changed my grade. <laughs> and that just shows, you know, you got to hang in there. But uh, we were in the middle of a story. Remember what we were talking about? No. no. <laughs> we were talking about writing. And I had this invention about this really fast network technology but it was going to cost more than a million dollars to develop a prototype. And since I was forced to take that writing course, and since I learned how to write pretty good, I wrote up a big proposal saying why this project should be done, why they should give me over a million dollars to build a prototype of this invention that had never been built before. In fact. Who knows if it's even going to work? Well, I know. I invented it. Of course it'll work. And I send it to the US Department of Defense. And they wrote me back a letter, and they said they were going to fund it. And they did. And we built it. And it's a real live deal. In fact, tonight, and whenever you use a Cellus, your lessons are coming over that device. We call it a concentrator. And I'm just thinking, what kind of a picture would you be getting tonight if we didn't have the concentrators? Because they make the network work so much better than the other stuff that other people use. And you know, I have to go back and thank my principal for making me go and learn how to write. Now, some of you may have seen this. This is the Acellus book, Acellus Learning Accelerator. This is a book that uh, was uh, written by Dr. Maria Sanchez and I about how the Acellus learning system works and how to make the lessons be more effective for students and all that stuff. And uh, I think there's some really good writing in here, but the real good writing was largely done by Dr. Maria. She's really good. And I like to write stuff with her because she makes me look pretty good, too. <laughs> uh, I just wonder if we get another shot on this camera. Here's a picture in the book. Oh, can there's you, a picture. Can you see that? Wouldn't that make a good t-shirt? Uh. <laughs> I hear Dr. Monet and is telling about her special classes, which some of you are taking the uh, SEO classes. And, and I. SEO, search engine optimization. <laughs> Social emotional. That's S-E. Okay. S-E-L. Anyway, that's English second. No. I don't like those acronyms. Social emotional learning. This particular book 
was just printed last year, and we already have sold all the copies. The whole edition is sold out. So we're putting out the second edition. We're right now, Dr. Sanchez and I, and those that are helping us, are compiling the book. The interesting thing is that the new edition is about twice as fat. And part of that's because we got some more written. But the other part is because Acellus has really grown. There's a lot of new features that are being added to Acellus this year. And if, if you read this book, you find out why so many people are writing and telling us how much it's helping them. It is a really amazing learning system. There's one chapter here. It's a chapter three, as I recall, that talks about the secret sauce, the stuff, the science behind the learning accelerator, and then how, how we're able to make it work different and better than a lot of the other technologies. Uh, we're working really hard to make sure that all of you are able to get the best education possible anywhere in the world. And all I'm going to ask in return is that you work just as hard to make it work for you. And it, it does get better. We are working on so many new things that are going to be absolutely amazing. But you need to really put forth the effort. OK, we're out of time. Do we have some results? What are the two numbers of t-shirts that we are going to produce? Number four, I'll be whoever made this wonderful shirt with science, which is really cute. Someone's really an artist, and I really hope you're watching tonight because we're going to send you this T-shirt. I've got a name here, but I don't think I will announce the name without parental permission. But this is a pretty neat shirt. And this will be in the Acela store. And what's the other one? Seven. Number seven. Yeah, don't. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I'd look pretty good in one of these. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Somebody is pretty talented as an artist. I, I predict this person is going to do great things in their career. But uh, isn't it fun to know that they have their first, probably their first piece of clothing that they've ever designed that's going into production? <laughs> and these will be available, and we will be uh, putting a little, thing, a little byline down here with the creator in it so that you can have full credit for your creativity. And that just shows how easy it is to make a difference in the world. Because as people walk around in these shirts <laughs> and they see them, they're going to be better people, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's to inspire positivity. Yes. And remember yes. the SEO Okay, lessons. so number four and number seven are our winners. Let's hear it for them, okay? Like, I really like contests. I really like them. And I'm still really anxious to get the motivational thing. I, I want you to know that what you achieve by investing yourself, by learning, 
is giving you power and ability to do things. And I'd love to have you earn stuff from the <laughs> store just to show you that what you're doing really has value because it does. And how much you're going to be able to earn in your life to take care of your family and to fulfill your, your interests is going to depend very much about how much knowledge you're able to collect in your brains. And I believe that I can say with complete confidence that you have the best learning system in the world and it's going to get better this whole year. And so now if you just make optimum effort, you'll be able to do really great things. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Have a great night. Thanks.